wonder if I ask you what the cross means to you, if it's a, I'd get answers like, it's a symbol on a shirt, it's a dependent on a necklace, it's a, it's a hanging on a wall. I wonder what kind of answers I would get out of most church folks. And those are all, nothing wrong with any of those, those, those are all true, but the cross is more than symbolic to us, isn't it? It's uh, if you know Christ personally, the, the cross is historic to you. It's, a, it's the point in history where your life and your eternity changed because you met him there. It's the point that probably in temptation and in, in times of struggle and times of trial, you've revisited over your Christian life to say, well, back to the cross, I doubted today, but I revisited the cross again, and the Holy Spirit reminded me, yes, you're, you're mine, you belong to me. And I doubted again, and I, the Spirit took me back again to the cross. And I was tempted again, and the Spirit took me back again to the cross to remind me, this is who you are. That's not it. This is who you are over here. But beyond symbolic and beyond historical, I think the cross should have a deeper place in our lives because, as we're going to look at today, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 9, it's where we're going to be today, Luke 9, verses 22 to 24, <clears throat> zoning in on <clears throat> excuse me, verse 23 mainly. If we look at what the scripture text says to us about the cross, it's beyond symbolic and beyond historic. It is a lifestyle for us. It should be a way of walking with him. The way of the cross should be a way that we pursue each day to find the purpose for that day and the design for that day in the power of the cross. So let's look today at Luke 9, verses 22 to uh, 24 together. And he said... The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, Those who would be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, but those who lose their life for me will save it. Well, there's four things I want to glean from verse 23. Probably 15 out of, out of that one verse, but we'll look at four today. But first of all, the way of the cross is the way of the disciple. He says here, those who would be my disciples. Those who would be my disciples. Now, the word disciple in the, in the original text in the original Greek is methetes, which means learner or student, one who basically would sit in a class or under, under, under the tutelage of a teacher and the instruction of someone else. So, Following Jesus to the cross and observing his body and his blood, we'll do here in just a few minutes, is really a lesson in learning the significance of that event and how that event shapes every other event from that point in history forward. And certainly as it applies to our life as we, as we have prayed to receive him. So let's look at a further description in Matthew 26. He says this. Then Jesus went with his disciples, his students, to a place called Gethsemane. He said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. What was he saying? What it meant to Jesus as we looked at last week, as this model, this example, this template pattern for us to follow. What it meant to him was walking away from what he wanted and walking toward what his father wanted. It's a great lesson for that, for that, in that for you and I. The more we walk away from our own wants, our own desires, our own needs, and our own self, 
and walk more toward God's design, his way, his will, his purpose for us, the more we're going to find his joy, the more we're going to find his a sense of direction and purpose for us. And so that's the pattern we have in Jesus, walking away from what he wanted. Because what he wanted in the flesh was to say, is there a plan B? I'd like to see plan B here. I'm about to be stoned. I mean, I'm about to be beaten. I'm about to be ridiculed. And I'm about to be hung on a cross for the sins of the world. And I get that. That's why I was sinning in the first place. But did you have an alternative in mind? Because this isn't a very pleasant walk, a road to walk. So every, every bit of his flesh was crying out, what's, what's plan B? What's the other way? And yet, not what I want. Setting aside what I want and picking up what God wants for me. That's what a disciple does. And what the father wanted was to get this, to look beyond what was best for his son to see what was best for you and I. What the father wanted was to look beyond what was best for his son and see what was best for you and I. That's tremendous because most of us, and, and, I, and like myself, I don't know that I would lay the wishes and needs and wants of my daughters aside to meet yours. I don't know how often I would do that. That's exactly what the father does. He lays the wishes and wants and needs of his son aside to meet the needs of, of you and me. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not worth it, and I know you're not either. And so as we look at the, the, the desire of the Father to look beyond the needs of his Son and see the needs of you and I sitting here this morning and those who have trusted Christ as Savior throughout the, throughout the years, throughout the decades and centuries since, if he would look, look far enough ahead to see your need and my need beyond the needs of his own Son, what greater love is there, is there than that? See what's best for you and me. So we come to this first question is, that, is this, are you willing to look beyond yourself as Jesus did? To look beyond yourself to see the plan, to see the need, to see what's greater than your own immediate sense of, well, I don't know about this. And all of us face those. We've probably faced several this week of, I don't know about this. And so as we go into those moments in those situations, circumstances of trepidation, wouldn't it be great to know there's, a, there's something deeper at play here than just this? Wouldn't it be great to know there's, there's, there's greater design, greater direction, greater purpose to all of this than just what I see on the surface? That's what Jesus did in that Gethsemane. He said, not what I want, but what you want. And if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to be a learner, if you're going to be a student, if you really want to follow my way, my example, you follow me all the way to the cross. And the cross becomes the most significant point in your journey daily, over and over and over and over again, not just a, not just a one-time event when we trusted him as our Savior. Secondly, the way of the cross is not only the way of a disciple. The way of the cross is the way of self-denial. Those who, be, who would be my, my disciples must deny themselves. Those who would be my disciples must deny themselves. Jesus gets our struggle. He gets it. He understands it. And that prayer in Gethsemane was proof of that. He gets our struggle of self-denial. He, he didn't want to deny himself fleshly, humanly, in the garden in, uh, at Gethsemane and during that prayer. Yet he goes beyond what he wants himself to see our needs and your needs down the road. Why does he do that? So that the attention, the credit, the glory goes to his Father and not to himself. See, if our design and, our, and our, our means, our mission, our way of life leads to the betterment of us, hmm. but if it leads to the betterment of him and the glory of him, that's exactly where we need to be, where we need to find ourselves focusing and walking in a journey in the road we need to find ourselves on. And that's what Jesus gets here. He gets this, the difficulty of self-denial. And we're consumed with, go home today, watch any, any channel you want to watch, and within an hour program, a 30-minute program, look at how many commercials are about what you deserve. In fact, that's the phrase. You deserve this car. You deserve, you deserve hair like this. You deserve a body like this. You deserve... And, and we, we get ingrained, culturally at least, and by, by, and by nature of 
really it starts when we're kids. Uh, I don't get, I don't chase this rabbit too far, but we're moving in a dangerous direction. We're children of the center of the universe. They're not. The Lord Jesus is. And they need, they need to learn to die to themselves just like we need to learn to die to ourselves as adults. And so as, we, as we're conditioned to this and grow up thinking, well, life's about us, isn't it? And we're, yeah, all, of our, all, all this, all this uh, advertising and marketing comes, start, comes our way and says, ah, it's really about you, what you need, what you want, what's best for you. And Jesus says, no, it's not. If you want to be my disciple, you deny yourself. You take yourself and sit it over here and pick up what God has over here. And you walk to his glory and to his fame and to his blessing, not our own. Is that hard? Sure it is, because we're conditioned by our culture to see something else. In fact, uh, turn with me maybe over a page or so to, to chapter uh, uh, 9, verse uh, 20 or rather 57. And he explains here the cost of following him. As they were walking along, verse 57, chapter 9, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. All noble things, right? All these things are good things. Jesus replied, verse 62, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Good things there. Noble things. Nothing wrong with any of those things. Things we would be probably praised and blessed for doing it. Jesus, Jesus says, all those are good things, but they're not the best thing. The best thing is to lay what you want aside, to deny yourself and pick up what I want for you and walk in that and learn to see that and pursue that day after day after day. To pick up the cross, deny yourself, and follow that way every day. Now, that's, as I say, that's hard in our culture, but he gets it. He's walked in that same place, all the way to the cross for you and I in that same place. I can't be focused on the things of this world and the things God has for me at the same time. Otherwise, and many do, many attempt to do so. Otherwise, I'll, I'll get a lot of neither. I'll get a lot, lot of this world, or neither, neither a lot of this world nor a lot of what God has for me. So this is often and truthfully a lot about focus, where we're focused <clears throat> So he's saying here, and certainly in this phrase of self-denial, that the Christ follower's life is not about what you love or even who you love, but who loves you, who cares for you, who sends his own son, his very son, to the cross for you. Not about what we love or how we're loved even. Uh, but he says the, the way to the cross is not your way. And in fact, it's not, it's not your pastor's way. <clears throat> it's not even Jesus' way because Jesus didn't want to walk there. But it's the Father's way for you. So the Father's way is the way to follow this son, my son, all the way to the cross. You follow that, you're going to find my design and my plan and my will for your life and bring glory to me instead of you. The way of the cross. It's the way of the disciple. It's the way of self-denial. Thirdly, the way of the cross is a way of suffering. Look at the, this next phrase. Those who, who will be my disciples must deny themselves and watch this. Take up their cross daily. Take up their cross daily. Now, since Jesus hasn't been crucified here yet, he's not speaking of the cross in spiritual terms. He, look at this with me. He's speaking about the cross in this, in this conversation in cultural terms, terms they could understand culturally. Why? Because there wasn't a Jew alive that was living in, in, in the region around Jerusalem that didn't understand the, the, the consequences of a Roman cross. It was the way of Rome to, <clears throat> to put people to death 
Not just put him to death, humiliate him in doing so. And every Jewish person living in that region understood culturally what the cross meant. It wasn't a spiritual icon at that time because Jesus, Jesus hadn't been there. And this is, this is prophecy about where he's going. But he's telling them a cultural lesson to demonstrate a spiritual truth, to say that, that kind of humiliation, you know, the cross, the cross, the Romans hang people on, that kind of humiliation, that kind of self-denial, that's what I'm asking of you. That kind of denial that says, I'll put myself on display. I'll take the humiliation to know, to know and walk with Jesus where he wants me to go. That's the kind of self-denial he says that I'm asking of you. So this, it's, it's beyond, a, beyond a spiritual symbol and a, and a cultural example that he's given him. <clears throat> And he knows, he, he gets that. He understands how that's, how that's done because it's, it is, the cross is extended physical agony. It's a slow, cruel death. It's much like cancer is today. It's a slow, cruel death to watch someone hanging on a wooden cross, sometimes for days. Now, the hands and feet of every prisoner was not pierced with nails. It was for Jesus, but not every, all the time. Many were tied with ropes and would hang there for days and days and days and oftentimes be left even after they're dead for the birds to come and pick at their carcass. It was a cruel, inhumane way to die. And they understood that. They got, that. they got this cultural lesson. So he was trying to paint imagery for them, trying to paint a picture for them that says, I want you to see what self-denial really is. You know the Roman cross? That's it. You pick that up and walk with me daily. Uh, Job, uh, Job 14, verse 1 says, Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Jesus said very much the same thing <clears throat> in John 16. He says, In this world... You will have trouble. Why do we expect this life to work? Why do we expect to find fulfillment <clears throat> and joy and blessing and purpose and direction here? He said, here. In fact, that's just two examples. There are dozens in Scripture. Here is a place we don't fit and shouldn't fit. It shouldn't be a, it shouldn't be a, there should be square peg round hole idea and concept as we walk through this place in this world. We don't fit here. We're designed to fit here once we come to know Christ. So he says here, you're going to have trouble, but you want to bring glory to yourself there? You want to bring glory to the Father there? You walk in a, in a place of self-denial, pick up the cross and follow me here. So is suffering just for suffering's sake? No, absolutely not. There's always, there's always design. There's always a plan of God in place. Listen to Romans 8. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we were children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. What's he saying? You want a, you want a lifestyle that brings glory to your glory to, the, to your Father and glory there, at least to you, and sometimes here too. You want to, bring, you want, you want to, be, a, you want to be a there person, a there thinker. You want to be, bring glory there. You want to do something that matters there. Walk in self-denial here. Walk in a place here that picks up the cross and says, I welcome, I welcome the place of suffering, not because I get to suffer, but because my suffering brings glory to my Father and eventual glory to me, sometimes here, but often every time there. So Jesus saw on his way to the cross uh, what we need to see, and that is we pick ours up every day. It was a process. It, it, it is, and it's a challenge for us to see, listen, <clears throat> the way of the cross is the way that brings God, God glory and me a sense of fulfillment and purpose and direction. Why? Because suffering brings that about. And none of us chase that. None of us walk into, into this world and say, hey, what can I, how can I suffer today? Let me just, is there anything that can just, you know, 
I'm just look, get up looking for our eggs to be burned. The car to be out of gas won't start. Walk out of the house, the water heater bursts. Get the job, we're fired. Come back home, the wife's left us. None of us look for those kind of days, do we? We, look, we don't go chasing suffering. But suffering brings about glory. Why? Because this book says it does. It says our way of self-denial and picking up that cross daily and being willing to suffer. Why? Because he's called us to it to bring glory to himself. Following that way is the way of God's design. And it's the way that he wants us to see more of him. So let's not look at, or let's stop at least looking what suffering does to us and see what suffering starts to do in us. Because what suffering does to us is totally immaterial. What it does in us, though, is refines our faith, deepens our roots, causes us to lean more heavily on the Savior who's called us to suffer in his place anyway, or to follow him anyway. Why? Because he knows what suffering does in us. He creates closeness. It creates a bond. It creates faith. It creates deeper roots. It creates a greater testimony. It creates a more powerful story. And over and over and over again, we need to pursue and walk in that way, not run from it, but walk in that way. Why? Because that's the end result. And there should be an attitude in us of tenacity to, to the extent that I think he's speaking to in this phrase, in this verse that says, if that's what the cross brings, if that's what walking the way of the cross brings, bring it. Bring it. I want more of him. I want him to have glory. I want him to see <clears throat> my willingness to follow him wherever he goes, all the way to the cross, all the way to the cross every day. I'm willing for that to be seen in me in order to bring glory to him. Finally, fourthly, the way of the cross is a way of a disciple. It's a way of self-denial. It's a way of suffering. But finally, the way of the cross is a way of obedience. Those who be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And follow me. What did Jesus know then that they didn't? Well, as I said, this is, very, this is early in Jesus' ministry. What he knew that they didn't was he was headed to a cross. And they would be too, many of them, as a way of death. But that the cross... He also knew would turn obvious death for him <clears throat> into life for you and me. He knew that then. They didn't know that. That the cross hit in his, in his death and his suffering at the cross would bring for us death into life. We'll talk more about that next week. But he knew the end of the story. In fact, verse 24 speaks to that. He says, there, for those who want to lose their or, or save their life will lose it. But those who lose their life for me, those who lose their life for me, We'll save it. What's he saying? Laying down our, our, our lives in death willingly day after day, dying to what I want, dying to me, dying to my being on the throne of my life, is, is ultimately, will ultimately save my life, he says. I'll, I'll see salvation in the losing of myself every day. I'll understand what salvation means. And that's, <clears throat> that's something the pagan world doesn't get. We're going to talk more about that in the month of April. The month of April, I've titled a series of messages, Spiritual Math. How losing is winning, how subtraction is addition, how sometimes addition is subtraction, and all that can lead to multiplication. We want to look at spiritual math, how those equations work for us and for the glory of God. And it doesn't make sense here because on the surface, suffering to win, losing to save ourselves, doesn't make sense on the surface, does it? That's the way God works, though. He works in, in, in antithesis of how our world walks to say, what you see in this world is the exact opposite of what I'm called you to. This world says... Get all you can, as much as you can, as well as you can, for as long as you can. He said, no, lay all of that down. Chase me instead of that. Pursue me. Walk with me 
And the way of walking with me is going to take you to a hard place because it took me to the cross. It's going to take you there too. It took me to suffer. It's going to take you there too. It took me to lose my life. It's going to take you there too. But in doing that, you'll find what life is really about. I discovered that along the way. And without, without following his plan, his instructions, his way, his example, without following him all the way to the cross, we'll never see that. We stop short, and many do. Many say, I'll follow you that far. But this whole suffering business, I'm not sure about all of that. I'll follow you into blessing. I'll follow you into service. I'll follow you into understanding more of your word. I'll follow you into seeing the models of Jesus and trying to mo- But this whole suffering thing, this whole daily picking up my cross thing, I don't know. Many will draw a line right there, and many have. And just said, I'm not, I'm not stepping into that. But God says, if you want to see me in an intimate way and know me like no one else, follow me all the way to the cross. And let that way of obedience be a way to teach you more about myself. Without following him all the way to the cross, we don't get a picture of love. We don't get a picture of sacrifice. We don't get a picture of forgiveness. We don't get a picture of atonement. We don't we get pictures of none of those things without following him all the way. We can look at him from a distance outside and say, well, those are neat. Wish I could experience those. We experience those by stepping into suffering with him. We experience those by, ste- by stepping all the way into a, a crosswalk with him that says, whatever it is, whatever he brings, if it gives me more of him, if it helps me understand and see his way more often, bring it. I want whatever the cost, I'm willing to pay the cost to see more of him. We'll miss those things. We'll also miss learning how to be deeply loved and deeply chased, deeply pursued, lavishly pursued in love. We'll lose the understanding of his taking our place, of being a having substitutionary atonement for us. We'll miss that if we stop short of following all, all the way to the cross. So it's the obedience that goes beyond convenience is what he's calling us to here. It's never convenient to follow him all the way across, ever. I mean, the enemy's going to say, are you nuts? Suffering? What are you, that makes no sense whatsoever. Why would you? And Jesus says, it's the way you see me. It's the way you really live. To save your life, you lose it. You lose your life to save it. He said, if you want to see me and find what real life is all about, you follow me all the way through suffering, all the way to the cross. And you pick that up daily and willingly say, whatever today brings for God, I'm willing to take it. Whatever today causes me to reflect on, whatever today causes me to sacrifice on, bring that. I'm willing to, to go. Probably no greater picture of this than you guys remember the story of washing, uh, Jesus washing the disciples' feet in John 13. And he gets around to Peter <clears throat> when that's happening. Peter says, no, not me. I'm not going to wash my feet. I'm not having the Savior, the Messiah, stoop and wash the feet of a dirty sinner. Not me. Jesus replies to him, if I can't wash your feet, then you have no part of me. You're outside, Peter. Peter's response was, you've heard, you know the story. And not just my feet, but my hand, my head, <clears throat> my head, head <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> immerse me. Wash me all over if that's what it takes. I want all of you. I don't want just part of you. If I have none of you, but you, you're not washing my feet, wash me all over. I want all of you. I want to experience all of you. It's exactly what he's talking about here. We can follow him so far and draw a line and say, obedience just stops right here with me. And many, many have. Many made that choice. But he says, you'll come with me beyond the convenience, beyond what's comfortable. You'll come walk, be willing to walk in a hard place with me, walking through suffering with me, picking up that cross every day and say, whatever it is, God, you bring it today for me to see more of you. If that's the place we're willing to walk, he said, you'll see a side of me you've never seen before. You'll experience life like you've never lived before. If you're willing to lose your life, you'll save it for me. A couple of observations, and we're done. That's this. 
obvious question, are you willing to follow Jesus all the way to the cross? Is that something you're willing to do? He's called us to that here in these verses. Is that something we're willing to do is follow ourselves or follow him all the way to the cross? Here's the, here's the situation. If, if you stop short, stopping short will cost you, it will always cost you more than you think. It'll always cost you more than you think it will. If you know him, stopping short will cost you influence. It'll cost you your testimony. It'll cost you your story. There'll be some scars that'll cost you that people won't see the benefit from. It'll cost you fruit. It'll cost you some fulfillment in life. It'll cost you a sense of passion, a sense of purpose. If you don't know him, the cost is even greater. It'll cost you eternity. It'll cost you life in the hereafter. We're unwilling to follow him all the way to the cross. And so if you're here today without him, step into that and embrace that. And if you are, uh, you know him as your Savior, and you just said, this is as far as I'm going. You're at a, you're at a crossroads today to say, I want to see more of him, understand more of what he has called me to, and understand more of what he has for me. Really live, then I lose myself. I die to myself to do that. That's what he's called us to today. Is that a place we're willing to walk? Here's a picture of where we're willing to walk in his death and his blood shed for us and his body given for us to say, I've done that for you. Will you do that for me? I've laid everything down for you, denying myself and what I want to save the Father. Whatever your will is, that's what I'm willing to do. Are you willing to do that for me? willing to deny what you want in your way and your design and your, your, your plan to pick up mine and walk in that.